Quick, run! I told you that fleet carriers needed a little train, or at least a taxi service. Oh, why did we park at the wrong end of the the cloud, Atlas? Uh, The temporary studio is miles away! All this long distance, I do further than this every morning. As you'd know if you'd accept my friend request. Sneaky bugger parked his cowskin type 9 on the large pad right next to the studio. I bet he, he plays it all cool when we get there, all hot, sweaty, out of breath. Look, look, I might be late for the news. I need to go and have a shower, or else you've refused to sit near me again. I might do another lap of the ship, just as a warm up. I'll be quietly. I've got a narwhal and I'm not afraid to use it. Oh, made it. Sit down. Don't let him see the reds of your eyes. Our mics are live. Good evening, good evening, good evening, everyone. It's my turn as Hutton's drive-by presenter. I'm Dick Chafing and joining me in the studio, we've got a full team tonight. I'm quite full as I've had a hearty steak dinner. I'm full of the joys of summer. Uh, or is it spring? I can't I can't remember. When now is? I'm full of happiness that I've managed to find a hairdresser that's opened. I'm fully paying attention. And I'm just full of it. (laughs) And now, a full set of headlines. Right, here we go. Hutton's Rescue Rangers in Long Range Rescue. Circumspect Architect is Progenitor Non Sequitur. Crash Clash with Flocculent Occupants. Shoreside Customs goes off prematurely. Truckers lend a hand as we have our fistful of dollars depot again. We lax lyrical about the ear grub. In the lands of Colonia, where the black rock floats suspiciously over one of the pads, they tell a tale. A tale of a very bad Simbad and some very brave biscuiteers. Lou had better have a good explanation for what's happening in our space. And Flossie's looking away from our space whilst I tied this all up. First tonight, the latest update on the flagship of the Hutton Carrier Fleet and Alvin's long voyage to Colonia aboard the FTM 
Cloud Atlas. Give me a second while I just do this little thing that I gotta do. Uh, uh, that's the one. <clears throat> Having fueled nearby to Hutton Orbital and loaded the luminaries on board without Lael Wolf, who has remained behind to sort out the right royal mess that Hutton systems are in. The Atlas set forth on the Hutton number two route to Colonia, aiming to stop at system Prua Pro Prua Fo ZN C C15 140 to let Alvin out for his constitutional and take a breather before heading on to Fort Mug in Colonia. What started as a routine VIP transport operation rapidly evolved into a full Hutton Rescue Ranger situation as Prophet Villain reported receiving a distress call from the carrier G. Wallace, which, due to a minor malfunction in the pilot's ability to add up properly, was in danger of running out of fuel. As luck would have it, the carrier, piloted by Commander Orange Park of the Galactic Academy, and out on its maiden voyage, was able to make it to the Pruafo ZN-C C15-140 system, but arrived with nothing but fumes left in the tank. Doing some quick calculations and with a handful of support truckers on board who were able to top up the tanks, the Atlas proceeded to empty its reserve tank into the Wallace and put the FTM Ruby 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 on high alert in case they ran short, close to their destination. Thanks to Rebel, Roshak, Velen, Flossie, Atrus5060, who is now taking the slow route to Colonia after last week's accident, enough was mined from a local hotspot, and they even had time for a little sightseeing whilst they were there, tagging a few systems for Alvin, and even finding some geezers. The G. Wallace completed its journey to Colonia, and has now also joined in the operation over in Dubunnel. Dubunnel? 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 Of course, it also has a big IOU stuck to the outside for when the Atlas cashes up. Alvin, meanwhile, has been entertaining himself. His eminence has deigned this week to join the Hutton crew aboard the FTM Cloud Atlas, following a gracious invitation from Commander Villain. The quarters are so nicely appointed that he's yet to venture out, and has instead gorged on the victuals provided and slept the sleep to end all sleeps. Other passengers, including his handler Snoz, have seen him twitching away in his sleep and occasionally muffled barks emanate as he dreams of further expansions. Just wait till he wakes up, he's gonna go bananas. In other fleet carrying news, the FTM Alwyn's Mercy, captained by Commander Aiden, all these titles are confusing, managed to save a system from drought, fix an infrastructure failure, and head on its way to assist with Operation Earworm. More on this later. The FTM Alvin's Paw had its launch ceremony, which managed in true hotbox style to pass entirely without no incident, and is now patrolling nearby systems, lending a hand wherever it can. As for the FTM Ruby, it has returned from exploration in the Colonia region and is now providing political and military support to Hutton pilots who are fighting hard to unclasp Simbad the Bad's grasping hands from the biscuit tin over at Dunker's Rest. The DSSSSSSSSA carriers have headed out to their initial waypoints now, with Carrier 21, or is that... Carrier 21! Having arrived at the boundaries, wonder where it will remain until the 21st of the month to allow passengers to explore the local area. The DSSA Alvin's Rest appears to still be in the call 285 sector for refueling, 
though communications have been sparse. Congratulations are in order to the crews of all these ships, as well as the rest of the fleet as they help spread help to the entire galaxy in true Hutton style. Hashtag FFS, hashtag for the mug. Finally. Pilots wending their weary way around the galaxy by picking up missions noticed that Progenitor Leowulf was no longer a progenitor, but was now an architect. Does this mean a promotion? What exactly is an architect? Knowing that architecture is an ancient art, we decided to refer to an ancient text in order to check the requirements for exhibiting architecturiness. To wit, the Book of St. Albans, published in 1820. Years ago, sorry, published 1820 years ago in 1486, being a compilation of matters relating to the interests of the time of a gentleman, or the Book of Hawking, Hunting, and Blazing of Arms. We found this precious tome buried deep in the recesses of Cecil's library, towards the end of a corridor that has not been touched by light since the last tallow candles burned down in the decorative sconces. Around the last time the Trumpington family actually had any wealth, and before the Latin motto Carpe Venum was added to the crest. The Book of St. Albans, not to be confused with the Guide Book of St. Albans, which goes on and on about the cathedral and how conveniently close to the M25 it is, tells us that the collective noun for architects is an argument, which shows you how well architects get on with each other. The book contains many other fascinating and useful pieces of information, such as in the Hawking section, which type of bird of prey was appropriate for one's social rank. For example, a priest might fly a sparrowhawk, a yeoman could have a goshawk, a young lady a merlin, and a king can have a gearfalcon. Presumably because you need to be king rich to own one. This fascinating Tudor encyclopedia of gentlemen's pursuits contains a section on hunting, and has a long list of collective nouns, such as a blast of hunters, a subtlety of sergeants, a gaggle of women, a superfluity of nuns, and a boasting of lacons. The section on angling was a bit dull, so we skipped that part and went straight to heraldry, where we quickly learned not to have balls rampant as one of our achievements, and to never be seen with a lady's augmentations in your arms. Unfortunately, when we reached the end of the book, we realised that we were now properly equipped to be a gentleman in the court of Henry VII. But the only mention of architecture was the collective noun, so we still don't know what they do. However, we do understand that Leolwulf still introduces herself as progenitor at parties, so it really can't be anything to be proud of. News reached us this week of the sighting of a castaway, marooned all alone on the surface of a distant planet, far from his fellow humans after his planet express delivery ship crashed during an iron storm. Cut off from all contact for many a long week, his only company was a volleyball, upon which he painted a face, and he imaginatively named it after the brand stamped on its surface. Spaulding was not a great conversationalist, but what he lacked in sparkling wit, he more than made up for with incredible camera work for the Castaways video diaries. And indeed, Spaulding is tipped for an Oscar, in this year's awards. Our castaway was not idle during his enforced separation. He found a generator that he could run once a week, which he called his Mains Friday. 
With no visitors to his distant oasis, the castaway was forced to grow his own food. He planted potatoes, but refused to say what he mixed with the soil to make them grow so well. We hear that the potatoes grew to be enormous, but were only edible if you put a peg on your nose and stood up wind. Although he made several attempts to make contact with the rest of the galaxy, his enforced separation had resulted in hair and a beard growing to excess, with an alarming end result, which meant that his initial images were mistaken for reruns of the wild man of Borneo. Eventually, a team of emergency sheep shearers was dispatched from the bark, sorry, that should say bee arc, and revealed that underneath the face foliage, it was none other than Jester D himself. Alvin has issued a stern note to Jester to remind him to look after himself better and that dressing up as the Wolfman should be confined to Halloween. <laughs> Hutton Orbital Incident Report Date of Incident, Saturday, 13th June 3306 Type of incident, ship damage, property damage and some hotbox stuff. Location of incident, Hutton Orbital. It was welcome party for Alvin's Paul and the whole of Hutton was invited. The hotboxers all turned up in matching orange ships and settled onto the landing pads for a selfie. One commander had nipped to the shops for tea bags and some chocolate for the journey, but although they were a little bit late, they still made it onto the ship before the pads were locked down. The journey from Alpha Centauri to Hutton was uneventful. There were lots of weird noises outside, but all we could see in the hangar was the wall. I can't help thinking they've missed an opportunity there for a big screen with some in-flight entertainment. Even adverts. There are adverts all over the hangar except right in your line of sight. It's just weird. Anyway, we gathered round to sprinkle our chaff all over the new ship. There were one or two who went off prematurely, and some others who couldn't get theirs to go off at all. And that's when it happened. You see... Commander Shawside Customs and Yumi, the flight controller aboard Alvin's Paw, have a sort of thing going on. Over the last week or so, there's been a lot of flirting and even some innuendo about weapon sizes. Now, Shawside said he opened fire by accident, but there are a few of us who think he wanted to put a shot across the ship's bow to impress Yumi. If it was his intention to impress her, then it worked, so much so that she activated ship's defences and blew him to pieces. Then a ship zipped in from nowhere and scooped up his escape pod like a hungry Thargoid. Before you could say detention facility, we received a reverse charges call from the Pillar of Fortitude. Shawside needed bail money and a lift home. We thought we might struggle for petty cash, but as it turns out, the deck officer has issued a lot of fines to Red Planet taxi service haulers who've tried to land on the large pads. So there was plenty. Alvin's Paul was dispatched to pick him up. Now this is possibly the most expensive taxi journey since the hotbox Christmas night out where everyone told short engineer to take the scenic route home so that they could eat their chips before they got there. Yumi continues about her daily routine, unfazed, but we think Shawside has fallen hard. Not only is he off his food, but he's even taken down his Ladies of Lake on 3306 calendar. You know it's bad when he doesn't even want to look at those large ladies in their boiler suits holding greasy engine parts. To be continued. And happy International Panic Day. Wait, that's today? Oh, shit. Never let it be said that the truckers ever pass up a challenge or the chance to reuse a pound about spaghetti westerns. After a spate of minor thefts in Colonia, we found ourselves one dollar short of a full 
something. Now, we're not saying it was Sinbad the Bad, but it is his MO, i.e. the taking of things not previously owned by said individual. And when we found where the station had been hidden and reacquired it, there were, vote for Sinbad, he's not bad for you, posters and badges littering the street. Lou will give us the details on our next steps, but please, if you do come to help, fly your spaceships in an orderly queue two metres apart. Thank you. It's going to come back to me. Good! Right, with all the activity of the last week, you'd think the truckers in the bubble had plenty to keep themselves busy. But it's been proven that there's no such thing as too busy for a hodden trucker. Uh, let me just update this as well. This just takes a wee couple buttons. There we go. <clears throat> as custodians, you won't believe I've got... <laughs> got a window that's stuck over my over the script. It's perfect. It's just perfect. <clears throat> With all the activity of last week. We'll start again. With all the visit <laughs> right in the beginning. Good evening and welcome to Hudson Lombard to Lie. With all the activity of the last week you'd think the truckers in the bubble had plenty to keep themselves busy but it's been proven that there's no such thing as too busy for a Hudson trucker. As custodians of four of the galaxy's rare goods, Hutton pilots are partial to some of the less traded items and can only gasp in horror should any of them be taken off the market. This is the case for a rare trade item that hasn't been seen in a really long time. The Delta Pavonis Ear Grub. Classed as a legal drug due to their potential medicinal uses, particularly when dealing with gangrene, the ear grub is named for its astonishing resemblance to a mobile human ear. And a mobile. And its ability to burrow into just about anything when exposed to sunlight, even human flesh. Whilst misused as torture by the dastardly Don, who likes nothing more than putting his favourite ear to someone's fleshy bits and then opening the curtains just to hear them scream. The most common uses are in amputations, the removal of decayed flesh and the 34th century equivalent of the popular medieval cure, leeches. Purely as a curiosity though, Hutton feels that trade in the grub should continue but occupation of the system by forces loyal to loony President Hudson of the Federation have meant that it is banned in local space and not available for sale at all. Even under the counter. Even from that dodgy bloke in the raincoat, you know, by the corner by the pub. Here at Hudden, as attested by our regular choice of catchy tunes, Ruby Ruby Ruby, oh, 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 being the latest, alongside our own Hudden theme tune, we're a fan of earworms, so Operation Earworm is go! We are supporting the Jet family. They're not pirates, honest. Of Delta Pavonis in their efforts to overthrow the local federal tyranny and bring the icky little wriggly eerie ticklers back onto the market. Commander Roryama is on station, assisted by Aiden in the mission to get the Federals to take their grubby hands off the grubs so the galaxy can once again put theirs on them. In thick gloves and... in the dark. The truly evil, moustache twirling and cape wearing Simbad the Bad has been up to all things bad again this week. 
with the onion head incident that coincided with the fleet carrier launch and someone inserting a comma where it wasn't wanted, Mr. The Bad has had his feet up as the Pilots' Federation award him influence point over influence point in WNL for doing absolutely nothing. Our investigators dug deep at Dunkers and WNL and have uncovered a link between Simbad and the unfettered influence gains throughout known space. Yes, it's rumored that without a care for anyone else, he inserted a comma into a briefing document in a high-level Pilots Federation planning meeting, turning the phrase, no more please, into the rather more deadly, no more please. Then they were putting together complex calculation algorithms as a result what should have been an update that stabilized the entire galaxy instead applied a compound interest exponential growth formula to everywhere. As with your tomato plants or that fuchsia that grandma left you in her will, growth formula when applied incorrectly turns what should be a benign begonia or a calm chrysanthemum into a hate-filled triffid. Owning factions throughout the galaxy have been thrown into expansion. Minor factions into retreat and years of planning has been flushed down the proverbial cubicle three chute. All this because he won't let go of the biscuit tin. The good news is that the error was spotted. The onion head taken away from the influencers, the comma excommunicated, and everything rectified before it got too far out of hand. So, barring the galactic tidy-up operation, it's all over. Any truckers wanting to assist should present themselves at one of the Hutton fleet carriers in orbit around WNNL and use the secret password MUGDUNKER in casual conversation. The BGS has been rather strange this last week or so. I know it's a sneaky little bugger, but it's starting to seem that as soon as I turn my back, everything goes crazy. Which suggests if I'm not keeping my beady eyes on you, yes, you, the filthy truckers, you stop keeping on top of things and let them run riot. So, we have a plan to stop this. Well, we have a plan to make a plan. Well, I, we like the idea of having a plan. Anyway, there will probably be a plan. So keep paying attention and wait for the official plan that we are planning. In the meantime, the plan is to get everything back to normal. And for those of you that don't pay attention, that is between 40 and 60% and as close to 50% as possible, which basically means don't work for hot until things settle down. And where possible, work against hot where we are above 60%. Basically, you have a rare excuse to be naughty, grasp it with as many appendages as possible and sort this mess out. We'll ignore the pending expansion until it happens. Hopefully, it'll be like Harry's rash and just go away if we leave it alone. Over in Colonolia, the news is somewhat better. We are still higher than we'd like in Eel, Procol, Centauri and Doriso, but not into the expansion area. But having lost one of the never-ending elections and then winning the next one, we managed to lose Dola Depot, but win it back again. So the instructions from King Hanky are just how you like them. Simple. Bounties to Dola Depot in tier. Missions from Dola Depot in tier. Exploration data to Dola Depot in tier. And passenger missions and sightseeing trips from, you guessed it, 
Dola Depot in Tier. Now, I'm off to get a spare set of Alvin's <laughs> Nashes to use on any pilots who fail to follow instructions. It's good to be back. Over to Norma. I've been keeping an eye on what's been going on out in the galaxy this week and as Lou's back and is cleaning up all that mess from last week, I finally got time to bring you all the latest information. First, we've got news from the not as secret as they thought they were, or is that what they thought want to believe, Dark Wheel. It looks like with help from Chalton and the Wheelers, they've managed to take control of the system and are actively looking to expand. Yes, they are now in charge in LFT-926 and heading at speed for an expansion. Is this the sign of things to come? Is the Dark Wheel flexing its muscles and carving itself back into the consciousness of commanders? What's the space? Closer to home, we've had approaches from two factions who have requested an alliance with Hutton, both of them near neighbours to Alvin's little playground here near Sol. First was a Commander Karash of the Squee Squadron of Teshub. I remember him. He didn't say he brought friends. They pledged to the Teshub Natural Corporation, which, despite being federal, does make some of the nicest hand creams. I use mine regularly, and how soft my hands are. Oh, you're right. Softer than a forum dweller when they're told that the mining errors were removed and they could only make 200 million credits an hour. I think you'll find you mean saltier. Anyway, they popped over to drop off a few jars of their all-natural hand cream and body butter and let me know that they're in the area. Hang on, is this shameless product placement? <clears throat> I don't think so. I mean, other hand creams are available. It's just that these special natural ones are nicer. I can't quite place the smell, though. I like their advertising slogan, though. I scream, you scream, we all scream for squeeze cream. Anyway, the other alliance request has come from independent faction twins, the Arbor Calum Internal Defence, also known as ACID, in Nehemi, and the Gilgamesh Corps Orbital Protection Faction in LHS-3836. As fellow independents surrounded by a federal jackbooted tyranny, we're happy to call them neighbours as long as they return the sledgehammer whenever they borrow it and remember to sit off the grass. Usually because Alvin's left a present on it and you wouldn't want to trump that everywhere before his aid deploys the booker scooper. And then we've got something new from the Buckyballers, their latest race series. The Buckyball Racing Club presents Engineers Canyon Mayhem on the 20th of June. Racing five passengers around the five available starter engineers in the shortest time, following a track at each in either an SLF or SRV in the shortest time. For details, you can go to the official Pilots Federation forum and we'll publish details in the Hutton channels as soon as we can find them. That's about it from everyone this week. Bye! So 
Thank you, Flossie, and thank you, everybody, for uh, putting up with our technical difficulties as we um, hopefully have seen the back end of them, but who knows what the next 20 minutes or two hours holds for any of us. Um, and thank you for uh, fantastic action-packed news. If you're not sure what that was meant to sound like, maybe get uh, an edited version over on our Hutton YouTube channel at some point that you can then watch and get the news in order, including the wonderful apologies report from the apologies officer. Um, now, Hutton, we've been here for, for years, um, four years, five years, I don't know how many years, many years, through good times, and we've had plenty of bad times too, through the happy news and unfortunately through the sad news. And it always does genuinely upset us and break our hearts a little when we hear bad news. Uh, but in proper Hutton style, we wouldn't be doing the show or you or any of us any justice or we wouldn't be doing our bit properly if we didn't help our fellow commanders and friends with a few words of comfort. So some of you may remember from a while back that uh, Commander Deadmeat our very own Mr Giller, who you've just seen a couple of seconds ago, let us know that his young nephew Tom hasn't been well uh, over the last few years. Um, he had his ups and downs and fought off COVID and had operations and treatments. Um, but very sadly this week, the news came through that he had passed away quietly in his sleep. It's an overwhelming um, moment for us to give our full heartfelt condolences and love to Steve and his family. Tom's free of illness now, but it's difficult for those that are left behind. Um, Steve's been an absolute rock for his sister and brother-in-law throughout this, and of course for Tom. And uh, while we usually have a theme um, to the music every week, and this week is no exception. We've asked, reached out to see if there was any particular favourite song um, of Tom's or if there was a meaningful song that we could play and uh, in his memory on the show tonight. And they did, they let us know. And in memory of Tom um, and for the lyrics in this particular song, uh, this is Adventure of a Lifetime by Coldplay. Okay, thank you everyone um, for bearing with us tonight. Uh, I see Kaizen, yeah, we, Kaizen, we usually end each section with a little bit of uh, music and then move on to the next section. So you just missed the end of our extremely seamless news section. Um, that you, it was flawless, absolutely flawless. Seamless. Absolutely, see, yeah. Um, or nice. Perfect. Um, and yeah, <laughs> so a wee, a wee somber moment for us all there. Um, I do remember our, but, but our special tune. show. Good, yeah. good, good choice there, um, Dead Meat. Thank you very much. And obviously, you you had a, you had a reason for choosing that one. That obviously, we we didn't put detail out, but it was some of the lyrics in in that tune were were quite appropriate. Yeah, the the lines about uh, becoming a diamond was made this, my sister and brother-in-law feel. The, the pressure was making them stronger. So, yeah, that, that really ran through with them over the whole uh, the whole process. Well, pass on our, our very best from, obviously, the, the, the team here, Hutton family and Hutton friends, obviously, the rest of your family there. Certainly will. Thank you very much. No problem at all. Mm. So, Mr. Cow, have you been keeping up with everything? I've had chuff. 
I've barely <laughs> managed to keep up with this stream tonight. Are you kidding me on? Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, hopefully uh, everything seems to be, again, it's normal. Anyone that's been uh, in, in using internet or has Virgin Media over the last number of weeks will be familiar with uh, a service that shouldn't ever give you these jet, but it does, and... It's so frustrating when you're trying to do stuff, and it's always peak times as usual as we are broadcasting in that wonderful peak evening part. Um, we had a server issue as well, which if you were using TeamSpeak yesterday, we had a, a pretty significant server crash, uh, but everything, all systems are kind of almost back up and running. Uh, we're just hopefully getting the last wee bits and pieces fixed. Um, we had a we had a we had a little little glitch with the Hutton Helper as well at, at um, earlier as well. So it's been one of those weeks, hasn't it? Well, yeah, that was the the server crash, which was uh, we're not quite sure. We haven't quite got to the bottom of it, but we think it was Edelweiss. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't Edelweiss at all. <laughs> That's just because I know he's in chat. Lee Wise here from Lave Radio. My wife Barb's and my husband Ken. They've been fixing it. Yep, unplug the blooming servers to go and plug in a vacuum cleaner. Um, no, it was not. It was just a we had a wee server glitch. We're not quite sure. I say we'll get to the bottom of it eventually. Um, but fingers crossed, smooth sailing. It doesn't happen very often that that server lets us down. It's pretty robust. So once in a blue moon is not so bad. <laughs> yeah. So, so we've got. I tell you what, we've got we've got fleet carriers coming out the wazoo because obviously you missed last week's show. You may have heard it on catch up on media.forthemug.com. But um, we, we seem to have fleet carriers, fleet carriers everywhere at the moment. And surprise, surprise, the Hutton truckers seem to have made them interesting and useful and got up to stuff. I think last week was one of the busiest news weeks we've had in months and months and months. And not just because it was new, but because people were doing stuff. So do you, are, you, are you up to speed with which one's which and what they're up to now? Because there are loads of names out there. No. <laughs> No, not at all. <laughs> no. Atlas Cloud. Uh, what else was there? There was uh, Alvin's Literary. Um, <laughs> the Mobile Alvin's Cubicle Hairball. 3 Repair Station. That was a good one. Yeah, we know that one. That's good. Yeah, well, um, that, that one's also also known as the Team Hotbox one, I think, because <laughs> that's hanging around in Hutton Space. Right, so Flossie is on board one of them at the moment, aren't you, Flossie? I am, yes. <laughs> um, um, so which, which one are you on board? And just for Mr. Cowell's benefit, give him the short, short version of what it is and where it's up to. Uh, well, I'm on the Cloud Atlas, which uh, cost, uh, took off from here um, actually on Friday, um, Friday afternoon, about five o'clock. And we are now in, um, let me have a look at the Hutton Helper, Pua Fui ZN-C C15-140. Yep, so it resumed we... the journey at uh, quarter, quarter to the hour. So it's actually, it's it's mid-jumping at the moment, I think. It left at about quarter to nine. Ah, uh, yeah, it was supposed to be going again during the show, yes. Uh, I've not been online to check that. <laughs> um, but we've been doing some mining to get, top up the fuel and to now Apparently got enough to get finish the trip to Colonia. Yep. Uh, so we loaned we loaned a load of fuel from that one over to Orange mm-hmm. Sparks carrier. So emptied our tanks and then topped our tanks up. And very luckily, Pruafo JPD D thirteen five nine two. No, when it was, or oh, wherever the previous one was, had um, an ice ring with with some mining in it. So I think you and Atrus fifty sixty and Profit Velen went out and did some mining. Yeah. 
Yes, I did a fair bit of mining. And then last night after hearing that we had enough fuel, I went and did some exploring. Right, so there's one, Mr. K. You've taken notes on that. So that's the Atlas. That's going to Colonia and picking up Cecil, then coming back from Colonia. Okay. That's the that's Cecil. That's the one that's got Alvin. Cecil Uber. The Cecil, the Cecil Uber, yes. But it's got Alvin on. There's going to be dropping Alvin over at Fort Mug, along with Commander Hutton Truckers to tag a few systems with the Hutton Truckers name. Mm-hmm. So that's that one. The second one then is the Alvin's Mercy, which is piloted by Commander Aiden. And that is um, helping with operations. So they fixed a drought um, by loading up with water. And then before they even dropped the water off, the drought was cured. <laughs> they then fixed an infrastructure failure in under 24 hours. And, you know, dead meat, you've come across these infrastructure failures before, haven't you? They drag on, don't they? They tend, there doesn't seem to be any way of shortening them. Well, we shortened um, it to 24 hours using a fleet carrier. <coughs> Very good. Yes. <laughs> so, so yes, he solved that one. And he's heading over to um, Operation Earworm, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute with, with Sean. Um, so that's that's number two, Cal. That that's the that's the medical frigate. We've then got Alvin's Paw, which is the hot box. There we go. Number th- the, the Alvin's Paw, which is the hot box carrier, which launched this week with uh, Rampage and um, and uh, Mister Venezia and the apology officer on board. Where the apology came from that nobody heard earlier because he got cut off. That one's providing the large pad over at Hutton if anybody needs it and then is jumping around systems helping out. We've then got the Ruby, 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 Uaru, 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 which is Graham Snuggles McKeague's one, which is out in Colonia at the moment helping at Dunker's Rest. And then we've got the DSSA. Where Can anybody remind me what DSSA stands for? It, I know what it's about. I actually know about the DSSA. That is setting up a series of stops on the intergalactic path to create um, stations and docking places uh, where otherwise there are none. Um, and they're going out, are they going all the way out to, is it Beagle Point Way? Or is it Sajay? I can't remember the, the, the direction that they're going. Well, they, they're going all over the place. They're dotting it throughout the galaxy. So wherever you are, there's a DSSA carrier nearby somewhere to, to help you out. And we've got, a, we've got a pair of those officially, though there might be more um, Hutton ones associated. So there's, there's all of those. And have I forgotten Alvin's Port, Alvin's Mercy? Alvin, anyway, there are, but there are loads of um, carriers that aren't official Hutton ones, but th- those are the ones that we're sort of tracking before we all go mad and lose track of what's what. So, Sean, Palantir. Yes, yes. Operation Earworm. Yes, yes. Uh, by... Uh I don't know what the commander's name is. Is Commander Rorima? Ah, yeah. Oh, yes, of course, as mentioned, yes. Yeah, to try, uh, because the the problem is the Delta Bonus ear grubs, um, they used to exist as a a rare good, but they haven't been available since 2017. And it's a really strange thing that for them to appear in the market, the Delta Bonus jet family need to be in charge. Presumably, they're the ones who actually own all the ear grubs. Maybe they've got... Maybe they grow them. Maybe they plant them. I don't know how you farm ear grubs. It's, don't it's, ask. It's really don't. Uh, ask. Yeah. It's, pardon. Yeah. Just don't. Yes. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> ah, I've got an ear no. grubs. Friends, Romans, yes. countrymen, lend us your yes. ear grubs. Yes. Yes. So they're trying to get the system for the jet family and try and get the rear good. Goodness knows what we're going to do with it. What would you do with a ton of ear grubs? 
I mean, I don't we know. We ship them back to Don Antonacci and rain them over his base, probably. Yeah, or quite. They're like hardly bailed fish, are they? You know, and presumably, there must be a um, a proper use for them. But yes, they're trying <laughs> to actually. Yes. So, so far they've managed to go from 1% to 2.2% influence. Um, It's it's hard down at the the bottom, you know, you get a little bit of influence, you get a little bit more, but it accelerates. Um, So yeah, anybody wanting to join in with that one can go and see the carrier FTM Alvin's Mercy, which is in orbit around. uh, Now, the name of the system, uh, it says Delta Pavonis, and I can't remember the name of the name of the planet on there. What did I say the planet was? I can't remember over in Delta Pavonis. Um, anyway, it's probably to, Delta Pavonis yes. A or something. Um, but yeah, so it, it's in orbit around the, the, the planet and near the station where the ear grubs are supposed to be and do the usual. Um, now, Mr. Giller, if we don't own a station, how do we boost a faction? Well, <clears throat> not with exploration data is the nope. most important bit. Uh, missions... Uh, dropping bounties. And that's about it, isn't it, at this stage? Passing uh, missions, yes. That was what I was trying to get my very slow head around. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. So, yes, uh, missions, bounties, and passengers help out in Delta Pavonis with the ear grubs. And then once we've got them, we'll work out something exciting to do with them. Probably load them all onto the FTM Alvin's Mercy and, and drop them somewhere. Well, I th- I've heard that if you drop them in sequence, you get a nice tune. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Out of interest, has anyone tried to dock a fleet carrier with a fleet carrier? I've seen pictures on some very restricted websites. Carrier on carrier action dot dot news. <laughs> ah, that's um, what it- Coca stands for. Yeah, they they, they 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 tend to go sort of head, head to head and, and end up. It looks very strange. It's it, it's like a, a carrier centipede of some sort. Though I don't recommend starting to search for those kind of things on on the Gal web. Oh, very drunk Russian is saying that uh, Gar, Gargarin Memorial, the Gagarin, Gagarin, as in Yuri, Yuri, Gagarin. That's yes, what he's that one. Yeah, Memorial. Did I say I put an A in it? An extra A? Never mind. Sounds better for Russian. Just fix it. Fix it. Change your name. Make it. Make it. Make me right, please. I need a win tonight. Just one win. Just one. Um, but apparently, his, sounds better with an extra A in it. Tastes better if you deep fry it. I know. Oh yeah. Oh, it's, oh dinner time. I've missed it. Shh. Oh, I, I found found a bit of information about the ear grubs. That they're actually apart from the fact that they look like ears. Um, obviously, somebody didn't have a lot of imagination when naming them. Good job they're not shaped like anything rude, I suppose, isn't it? But they're very similar to those seti eels that were uh, found in Star Trek Wrath of Khan. So stick them in your ear. Presumably that gives you an ear inside an ear, but never mind. And then it makes you extremely susceptible to, to suggestion. By wrapping itself around the uh, cerebral cortex. Yeah, so you've got an ear in your... In, around your spine. We, we, have an, we have an ear on the inside, as they yeah. say, in spy circles. It's a shame they don't like yeah. attach themselves to, you know, to the sort of top part of your head, run a bit here, because then, then you'd have your, your final frontier. I'm going away. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> oh, dad joke specials. I knew you were going there. <laughs> um, 
yeah so if you so yes uh. if, if, if you want to help out in our local systems you can either do what dead meat says which is get us down quick from the 80 percent that we're on or you can go and help out with the delta pavonis ear grubs then if you are out in colonia amelia yes you, did, you missed the bus didn't you i did yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're not heading for colonia at the moment I'm not. No, I missed. I missed it. It left early, uh, earlier than I was expecting. I think it actually left later than you expected. <laughs> it was still around when you thought you'd missed it. Oh, well. <laughs> but it, it'll it'll be going again, I'm sure. But anyway, if you're out in Colonia, Mister Cow, uh, have you been paying attention to the the tales of Simbad the Bad and the bad things that he does? Oh well, I've not really followed them since um, Brookside. Um, uh, yeah, I have seen that there's been been a lot of fun and and as usual in these kind of situations, it's all fun and and, and games until somebody gets their nose at the joint and then it gets a wee bit bit salty and a little bit sharp sometimes. I've not seen the latest. I'm not sure how it's going. Um, well, it was going really well, and then then somebody slipped onion head to the people controlling the galaxy, and everybody's influences accelerated away from everybody else. So uh, while while it was going really well, all of a sudden that the magic boost of influence happened, and um, we're, we're playing catch up again now. But there are a lot of Hutton commanders are headed out to Colonia, and thank you very much to those that have. We have seen Brett Riverboat out there. Um, we've we've seen Bam. We've got Monty Python. We've got King Hanky and his colon. Um, we've obviously got the the uh, Ed's thirty eight team themselves, um, Millstone Barn and uh, and the team from Ed's thirty eight, and uh, we're we're trying to work out yeah how to grasp this slippery eel that is the new BGS by the short and curlies, and um, yes wrangle it into shape, but we'll get there we'll get there. Unfortunately, it turns out that there's nobody naughty over in um, WNL because we've been hunting for bounties issued by Ed's 38, but it, it turns out that Ed's 38 is so lovely, they don't give anybody a bounty, so we can't cash in on any bounties at all, which is boo. But um, they're doing the best, so that's that. I'll hand over to you for the next two two items on the script there, and you can quiz the relevant people. Well, me? Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose you could you could hand over. Let's have a look and see. But when you pay, oh, and you pay. That was yeah. That was Operation Earworm. I know. I was just trying to do damage control. Still, still kind of kick the <laughs> hamsters in the in the cupboard below to try and get them back working. Ah, faster, faster! Uh, get that aerial up there. Oh, when did that red light come on? Uh, right. Okay. So we have uh, Steve and the Virtual Ten K. Now this sounds a bit runny and sweaty and, and exercisey. So. Um, yeah, I have no idea. But it sounds like um, someone's been making money again. Well, it's it's officially runny and sweaty, but being truckers, we like to bend the rules. So we've cleared it with Mr. Baz, uh, Commander Kinrain, um, and you don't have to run. You can do whatever you damn well like, frankly. <laughs> I don't guarantee that you'll get a proper special effect virtual 10K medal if you don't do a 10K run, but you're quite welcome to join us and earn some money for them uh and we've uh, commander overlight josh perry has sorted out the just giving page um which if i can do two things at once i'll just ping the link into the twitch chat and then we'll put on the usual channels shortly um there's myself obviously uh monty python uh, david campbell uh morpheus 
Dave Torrance, uh, Commander Eden Star, Russell Pitcher, uh, James McAndrew Smith, who I should know the commander name of and have forgotten. Mm-hmm. I apologise. And is that uh, is that not the Dayglow or is that not the Dayglow? No. Uh, yeah, that that sounds right, but I just have totally gone blank. Uh, and Gareth Smith as well, who I'm not familiar with his commander name. And when I find out, I'll probably go, oh my God, yes, of course. Uh, so they're the guys who are currently on the team uh, on our little Just Giving page, which is justgiving.com slash teams slash hot run. And in case you hadn't guessed, this is the London 10K that should have been run on July the 5th. And they're doing it virtually. So you've got a window of about a week to get out and do a 10K. Um, Send your GPS track in from your device or phone or whatever. And they will treat you as if you've done it. And they're asking if you can raise, I think, about £20. Uh, Pretty sure everyone in the hot team has raised more than that already. Uh, But yes, that's, that's the idea. So if you can go to that team page, pick one of the commanders, whoever you fancy, uh, took them a few pennies and they'll go out and get hot and sweaty on your behalf. But obviously, if you'd like to be involved, if you want to join that team, just set up a Just Giving page and link it. That's the instructions are on Just Giving. And we'll be very grateful for anyone who joins in and makes it fun. Sounds good and sounds tiring. And and But I mean, as with the start of the show, when you ran the entire length of a fleet carrier just to get to the show, um, you're used to this kind of thing. You've been, you've been Strava or whatever it is, tracking your runs and writing rude words and dra- drawing rude pictures all over London. Well, you were before you moved out of there. Or uh, oh, boobs isn't a rude word. No, no, no. I think it, they banned the rude ones. Yes, it's a slightly smutty word. <laughs> and if that wasn't enough, then there's also there's also another one as well, which um, I, I, I don't know whether it's associated or alongside, or we had a notification from... Uh, Mr. Girdler, that he's running 24 miles in 24 hours. Similarly for charity, he's doing one mile every hour, then having a lie down between miles so he doesn't kill himself. So he's doing a, a whole marathon in small little slices, a bit like a, a bit like a Chinese meal, you know. Small so, <laughs> sorry, I, I missed um, the sort of vital information about your your 10k and uh, the sort of fact that it's going to be sort of broken down and such can anybody i mean are you looking for more people to get involved i mean i'm happy to crawl 10k i mean i'll probably run half a k (laughs) (laughs) yes uh, if you go to the link that we popped into which the uh the hot run page um you can either like i say you can either sponsor or you can set up your own page and link to it um because we're doing it as a team this year rather than a group um and we've, we've even asked just giving to improve the way they do that. And they've said they'll look into it for us. So we're uh, we're spreading our tentacles even into the interwebs and into major fundraising platforms. Brilliant. Okay, sorry. And then yep. I, I and, the, and, the, and the, the second bit was also that Mr. Girdle trying to kill himself by running 24 miles. Yes. But he's doing it in little slices. That is the best way to do it. I highly yep. recommend that method. A mile, then a lie down, then a mile, then a lie down, then some mile, then some lunch, and then a mile, then a See, pint. See, that, that's what I can get into as well. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's not a problem. I think you know. I, I always think because normally uh, when I was when I was doing all the walking, which obviously has not happened in a long time, um, <laughs> we were doing sort of five k a day 
um, if not 7K, if it was from the new house, which is where we are now. Um, so we do 7K a day, which is what, about four miles, four and a bit? Mm. So you know, it's not a problem for me to do that, um, but I would I would be more than happy to try and get involved uh, and see if we can get an awful lot of truckers walking um, for the sort yeah, because you did used to have your your, your Mister Cow Walking Club, didn't you? Yeah, we, we we still do. We had medals and things for people who who did the most walking in a month. Um, I think Moof was the the winner of that. Uh, he also qualified for the longest run, but that had nothing to do with travelling. Right, <laughs> the longest run. <laughs> but yeah, a I think like Pete, Wother- Pete Wotherspoon and his Tuesdays, the <laughs> longest run of bad rolls on the dice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I we didn't imagine. have a Tuesday this week. We banned. We banned Tuesday this week. We did a no, tabletop no, no. Tomorrow, game this tomorrow week. Tomorrow is Tuesday. Has have have you ever played um, what's it called? Survive Escape from Atlantis. Nope. It's a really old game. It's a very straightforward game where you have to get your little character pieces from the island that's slowly disappearing to the surviving islands at the edges to keep them safe, and then you score points on the little point score tokens on them. Two games we played last night. Do you know how many I managed to get to the safety? None! The sods picked on me constantly. They relentlessly sank my boats, ate the sent sharks after me, used sea monsters. I got (laughs) not one person to land in either of the games. Oh. Anyway. Oh dear. I'm not better. Well, you are you are a, you know an easy target in these kind of things. <laughs> yeah, so I think you know but I would I would definitely genuinely uh, Steve I would love to try and uh I mean I'm not saying I'll bring any more fundraising to it but I think you know if people want to see uh paying 10k will probably take me realistically 2 hours. And that would be in pain which is great because that's what people like is pain and yeah. suffering. <laughs> Well, we, so as I say, we've agreed with Baz that it it doesn't have to be a 10k run. We've got a couple couple of people doing it on bike. In fact, I think Hobe was going was considering doing it on a bike, um, although possibly going a bit further with it being a bike. Um, what about car? So yes, we'll, <laughs> I'm not. Well, if to be honest, if people will sponsor you to travel in a car, <laughs> then that's fine. We'll for it. <laughs> After all, it's it's for charity. Petal car. What what you can't what you can't do is say I'm going to run 10k and then drive 10k. But if you say I'm going to drive 10k, will you sponsor me? And people say yes, not a problem. <laughs> okay, well I think yeah, I the might, important uh, number is ten. Yeah, I might even get involved and see if the mufter wants to get involved because we might just do a sort of um, situation where because he is still shielding, so he's. Um, He's looking now that uh, they're relaxing it in Scotland, that he will be allowed to do a walk. So um, with some safety precautions in hand, uh, we may well be able to do that in a way that keeps him as safe as possible, but also I'm just, allows him. I'm, I'm just imagining the people as, as you as you go by on the far side of the road at a suitably distant <clears throat> distance. Um, who was that masked monkey? <laughs> <laughs> It's, um, it's the phantom raspberry blow, blower of old Hutton Town. You know? Yeah, indeed. But yeah, okay, so we'll check it out then uh, and see what I can do to get involved. I would love to actually be part of the um, solution uh, as well as a supporter of the cause, um, which of course we always are. 
Yep. And and um, all the details on the fundraising that's live at the moment are available on the Hutton Facebook page. And I'm sure we'll share something up on the Discord channel as well. We ought to put a little fundraising thing in there so people can dip in if they if they want to see our fundraisers because there's always something going on. Yeah, we'll do sort of that live. I'll do a live stream of agony. What? <laughs> what? What potential, you know, what what potential heart attack? And you can take what we'll do is we'll do we'll do we'll do run books on uh, which particular stage in this do you think I am going to stop and have to <laughs> receive medical assistance? Um, and we can run a book. Defibrillators at the side of the road, you know, clear. <laughs> Just shocks the cow a couple of times to get him going again. Also, yeah. I'll run behind you with an electric cattle prod, and every time you're flagging, he can just zap you, get your heart started again. And possibly for tradition, you could randomly fall down a mountainside. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. Yeah. I'll tell you what we, we, we will do then um, is on that particular day, uh, Moof and I created for our evening walks and things a hut and playlist with tracks designed for good sort of um, steady um, beats per minute to really get you through. And some of the songs in that were spectacular for getting you through the pain. Uh, we'll see if we can get that running throughout that day at regular <laughs> intervals as well, uh, whenever you guys are doing the run. And Is that baby beluga in the deep blue sea on an endless loop? Bizarrely enough, there's a strange one which was, I think it's a Tina Turner song cover excuse me, covered by Girls Aloud that really does get you. And then there's a Muse song, which is such a fantastic beat that it just takes you out of your body. So okay. it just helps you get through it. Well, there's lots of ideas coming in on the chat channel. We've had uh, 10K on a pogo stick, 10K on a pig, 10K on rollerblades, um, 10K on an Asp Explorer. <laughs> a pogo stick. Me on a pogo stick is equivalent to one of those road diggers. It's just going to go down. <laughs> and me. <laughs> if you can oh, well. do 10K down, that's just as good. 10K straight down. I think, I think we do have a commander who works at least a few kilometres straight down, doesn't he? Yes. Over in over in Canada, down in the deep depths of the earth. But I don't think he's 10K down. I think he maybe is a couple of K down under the earth. Um, right. So moving along, Amelia and yes. Flotty. Mm. Yes, we've seen some we've seen some pictures arise today, haven't we? All over the Facebook in the last couple of days of little small people, little yes. Mini, oh yes, yes, mini mini people. A whole plethora of them have started randomly turning up in people's inboxes. Not in have, mine yet. <laughs> have, you, have you seen them? I have seen them. Yes, and Claire, she's she so showed me the the package that mine is due to arrive in. Uh, which was very professionally done, I should say. Uh, but mm. I haven't received it yet. I'm very well, I, excited. I, I keep check, I check about twice a day in the door. Well, see, we, <laughs> some of them are a Hutton radio team. Oh, we've got a Mr. Mr. Cow one there. Oh, and I think, oh, I've got a little mini, mini, mini me. Hang on a second. Where's my mini me? Mine yeah, arrived mini -me. this morning or this afternoon. Thank you so much, Claire. It is amazing. And then it says, was it John Cycle Cow Snow? Now, as much as I, I'm flattered, flattered to get that, yeah, I do know nothing. I'm not particularly relishing the point at which you guys are all going to take turns to stab me in the front. <laughs> or, or feed you to things. Or, yeah. Um, well, because there's, there's the, there's the, um, What's, what's the title that's actually written on your... The full title that's written is, is Game of Hutton, isn't it? 
Yeah, that's right. So these are the Game of Hutton edition, um, which which Claire very kindly has put together, uh, and um, maybe traced our lineage back to certain characters from a well-known TV series and set of books from the last ten years. I'm sure some people may have seen. So I think I think uh, yeah, I, I've I've got a a. a a, a, a knight with it, with his one arm looks like it's suffering badly with grayscale uh, and a bit swarthy looking as played by the very excellent Ian Glenn. You're the, king, the, TV the, the Kingslayer? No, 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 no. Who, who, who's Tyrion? Because I mean, do, do, do they get a full Lego figure? Or do you just put half? Oh, Nocti. I saw Nocti get his one as well. It was nice to see a little picture from Nocti. It sounds like Nocti's doing all right. And uh, I think Morpheus, one turned up for Morpheus. And uh, I'm, I'm sure the Draxors, did the Draxors, was there, was there a Draxor one I saw? Mr. Draxor, yes. Yes. Hmm. Well, I've already got three. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you're everybody's favourite. <laughs> yeah, poor you, Flossie. There you go, Bill. <laughs> well, I, I seem to be related to Jorah Mormont anyway. Um, but yeah, so thank you so much to um, Commander Claire Helen, who is obviously still busy working out on the front line with the NHS, but somehow managing in the evenings to say, st- stay sane by making tiny little Lego people and sending them out to people. So uh, thank you very much to Commander Claire Helen. Yep, yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. We love them. We love them, and they are. Oh, and there was there was a there was a, a girdler as well who looks a bit like Harry Potter, but there were no Harry Potters dismembered in the creation of that hmm? Lego. Are you sure at yeah. all? Still okay. Oh, you're right, Floss. Yeah, I just lost my bucket off my petrol. You, you, you kicked the what? Did you? I don't think. One of my little figures, the last one, had a little bucket on the petrol tank, and it, it fell off. Oh, you've got your fuel rat special then. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Mr. Cow. Yeah. Now, obviously, you, you've been missing a, a few weeks. Have you been keeping up at all with, with our serialisation of the, the, the novel that's been coming out every I, week for the last week? I have thoroughly enjoyed the insights provided into Flossie's existence and previous lives that we have had over the recent uh, months. Uh, I have not caught up with the last week. I did watch the news last week to keep so, up. So you, you're not familiar with oh, Miss Marbles? I don't know this one. Oh, Miss Marbles? Marbles. Oh, yes. no, we did one um, two weeks ago. We, we did, did one do two Miss Marbles. Yep, yes, so, we did. Yes. Um, and I know oh, I, yes, I got yeah. the uh, video up on the YouTube as well so that you can see uh, it being told by Flossie live as well. So... Um, it was awesome. Well, it may be, it may be that we have another one coming soon. So unless anybody's got anything else for the time being, um, should we hand over to um, the Harry Balzac and uh, Flossie and mm-hmm. obviously the maestro on the music? Um, you know what? I, I, I just give me a second. Uh, okay, we'll talk amongst ourselves. It's just, I, you know, obviously you, you've you've sprung this. Well, not not really sprung it, but we should probably sort of, you know, embrace it. And I'll work on something for the next week. Um, if we're going to continue a little bit more, Miss Marple. But I think it requires a slightly different tune um, than mm. we currently have. Uh, so, I mean, the original theme is uh, more along the lines of sounds like this. And he said, and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. 
Which is kind of like Black Order, really, isn't it? It's a bit. <laughs> Miss Marbles, Miss Marbles, she's really, really popular. Nope, don't ever start a rhyming scheme with a... No, it's just never going to be go well, that one. Uh, okay, right, so are we going to... Marbles, she gargles? <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not go down that route either. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, right. I can almost feel Harry Balzac having ideas. Yeah. <laughs> we shall work on a theme tune for next week for this section then. And then, of course, that means it will be the last one this week. I will never whatever <laughs> again. Um, that's kind of how it goes. Okay, so for tonight then, um, Mr. Mr. Pond. If it, Pond. Oh, Pond, Sean Pond. I'm going to hand over to you and I'm going to play this little Miss Marple um, theme tune and just, just sort of as a wee hole filler. Here we go. That was that was subtle. As part of the new normal, <laughs> as if anyone at Hutton knows what normal is, <laughs> it's that time of the evening when the Hutton Orbital Radio Book Club shares its largesse. Quiet at the back there. You know very well I said largesse. And to use the word in its very lucid sense, entertains you with another reading from Tabitha Crispy's, a.k.a. Flossie's, newest book, the top ten bestseller, this Other Eden, number 16 in the Miss Marble series of detective novels. Uh, this casebook is the baffling tale of the cribbed china, missing mugs, stolen stoneware or purloined pottery. <laughs> For those of you unlucky enough to have missed previous episodes, here is the story so far. Miss Marbles, unable to present mugs as prizes at the annual Hutton Fate due to them being 1.27 centimetres or half-inched, if you will, is attempting to locate them and to bring the thief to justice. After following an abortive coffee-flavoured lead, our mild-mannered heroine has left the quiet calm of the cloisters in the Abbey of the Mad Monks behind her and is currently in a hober taxi as it attempts to touch down on Bitter and Hollow. What was that? I, I exclaimed as large, dark and very quick shot past the canopy. The driver of the Hober, think Uber, but without the charm, sophistication, cleanliness, reliability, but with added one-star reviews, said, we call it the hollow. I'm just trying to get into position for it to land on us. Puzzled, I replied, don't you mean for us to land on it? The driver snorted and laughed. If you think you can do it that way, good luck to you. Me, I'm just going to plant myself here and wait for it to catch up to me. Next time for sure, he said optimistically. I sat there and watched as he became more and more frustrated. 
After the Horber's landing gear made gentle contact with the surface, I was able to set out once more in search of the missing mugs and the mysterious monk, Eddie Gridler. I decided that the best way to find him was by tracking his luggage, and so I sat down in a corner of the baggage hall, got out my knitting and the crossword, and so effectively faded into the background. Sure enough, after a short while, I overheard two baggage handlers, bored and playing catch with the suitcases, gossiping about how the TSA, you know, terminally snoopy agents, couldn't stop talking about how unmonk-like were the clothes that they found in a recent search and how the owner claimed that their goat was an emotional support animal as they were born under Capricorn. Discreet inquiries... After all, people always talked to me and always underestimated my purposecity <laughs> and overestimated my ability to say purposecity. <sighs> Led me to understanding that this city had more than its fair share of goat lovers, which reminds me of a joke, but this is neither the time nor the place and that there was an establishment run by a Mr. Albert Onestone, which was a sort of kennel for goats. Okay, this Onestone's goat kennels was a tenuous lead, and the lead up to an even more tenuous pun, but that it was all I had. Packing up my puzzle in my old knit bag, I shook my space legs and soon found myself outside the building in question. And stepping inside, I looked around and went to the reception desk. Excuse me, am I at Bertram's Hotel? I asked. Yes, my hem came in reply from a figure who was wearing badly fitting dentures and covering me in spittle every time he spoke. This is Bertramshire Hotel, where we stable your goat and supply the finest quarters, all of for six credits per day. Six credits, I responded unbelievingly, while simultaneously using my space handkerchief to wipe my face and remove the worst of the unexpected but definitely expectorated shower. Yes, I took a, took a step backwards at this point, which sufficed to keep me away from the worst of the effects of the spittle transmittal, but had the unfortunate side effect of allowing a none too small puddle to start growing on the floor, presenting an altogether different risk to life and limb. We only charge six credits a day, because a day here only lasts about 68 seconds. Most folks don't do the math, and consequently, I have become a rich-ass crop crush. All I wish for now is a life partner who doesn't mind the smell of goat, and I'm shorted. Steam was starting to rise for me at this point, and that, mixed with the pervasive smell of goat, made a powerful odour combination and made me anxious to find my quarry and be on my way before Goop decided to name a candle fragrance after my fragrant miasma. Can you help me, please? I'm looking for Eddie Griddler, I managed to say from a subtly safe distance. One moment, please, the clerk replied, and made the request for the monk over the tannoy. Unfortunately, he must have misheard me, or maybe it was his loose denture. Imagine my surprise as a girdler is announced. 
Luckily, it didn't seem to matter, as a figure in a dark robe with a cowl came into view, touched his forelock and confirmed that he was indeed the person for whom I was seeking, but he was on the run from the law and he'd had to leave the monastery after being found out. I enlightened him to the, as to the purpose of my quest and asked him what he could tell me about the location of the missing cotton mugs. Like all griddlers, he was unable to come straight to the point, so we started off with rambling tales of his early life <coughs> his early life as a food smuggler and the secret places they were forced to hide contraband to avoid scans. Apparently, the best food smuggler of all time was Greg Edrits, who could secrete vast quantities of food, for example, pulses, in various bodily cavities. Let's just say that he was known as the Caribbean Mr. E, and that the adventure of the Christmas pudding is not one for the faint-hearted. In an attempt to bring the conversation back on track, I pressed him again about the theft, and he reluctantly divulged a dark tale about the secret cult of the Guardians and how their followers believed that goats were their distant descendants of the Guardians, not the cultists. Oh, that reminds me of that joke again, but this is not the time nor the place. These adherents would stop at nothing to bring about their desired ends, whatever they are. He was pretty vague on this aspect. And that the best place to seek them was Saul, the birth of place of humanity. At this point, I was beginning to wonder if I'd done the right thing by trying to locate the missing drinking vessels. I'd... I'd been halfway across the galaxy and back, and I felt that I still didn't have a handle on where the mugs were, if you pardon the expression. Still, I thought a clue is a clue, so I once again used my senior Imperial Citizen's Space Bus Pass and metaphorically hitched a lift on the first available fleet carrier. Next stop, Saul. No, first stop for a shower and a change of clothes. Second stop, Sol. Will Miss Marbles find the missing mugs? Is there actually a point to any of this nonsense? Will there be a break in the case before the audience gives up and goes home? What is the point of rhetorical questions? Join us next time for the exciting conclusion as Miss Marbles follows the trail of the goat and meets the biggest cult of them all. Thank you for being a friend. I just thought it was a more appropriate, nice little tune to sort of um, take us out with, but unfortunately I had played it into Flossie's ears while she was mid-speaking, and she'd made it brilliantly. <laughs> she didn't even flinch. I what it was. I thought, oh, what's that? <laughs> not done yet. Yeah, that was my fault. That was my fault. I, I realised that I'd, I'd done all the work to stop it going out to the stream so that they wouldn't hear a thing, and then I forgot about your poor ears. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes. But I think Flossie managed it with a plum, regardless. <laughs> Flossie like, likes plums. The boots all over the music, yeah, as, as she went down through the script. <laughs> well, that was good. And, and that means uh, now we've got nearly all of the Miss Marple book titles have actually been covered. There's about three or four to go <laughs> before every single one has actually been covered. <laughs> they are woven into the script there. Mm hmm. Seamlessly. Well, no, all right, not seamlessly, with a bloody great crowbar in some cases. <laughs> anyway, well, um, Mr. 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 Dead Meat, do you, do you want to take us 
seamlessly through to our next bit before we catch fire in the studio again. Quick, quick. Yes, well, before we head over to the Galnet offices for their latest offering, we've got the next tune. And in honour of the presenter, whether she be a force of nature or an oasis of seamlessness, we've got exactly what we just said. That from them. Stay tuned for the bit after this. Welcome to this week's edition of the Golnet Food Digest. We taste everything so you don't have to. I'm your host, Amelia Hawke, and in this week's show, we're moved from dangerous foods to deadly drinks. The two bottles I have on the table here represent some of the galaxy's most rare and potentially most dangerous alcoholic drinks. On the left, naturally blue in color, Though we are reliably informed that when it comes to, uh, when it comes out the other end of your process, it's a vivid fluorescent green. You've got that staple <laughs> of many a galactic cocktail, Centauri Mega Gin. On our right, marginally cheaper at only eight thousand credits, we've got Bast Snake Gin, colourless but with a, its signature Bast Snake Bottle design. It's the kind of drink that occupies space in your cabinet, but most sane human beings. Don't touch it unless it's on a dare. You're all familiar with your Earth Standard Gin, originally devised by the Dutch as Geneva uh, in the 16th century as a malt wine flavoured with large quantities of juniper. The British, having consumed an awful lot of it, shortened it to simple gin, which is, of course, a lot easier to say when you've had a lot of it. There wasn't a time in history when gin was actually cheaper than beer, at which point society noticed that it had a problem on its hands and everyone was quite literally drinking themselves to death. Hogar Setchings of the Evils of Gin still exist in the year 3306, preserved under glass and in a sealed atmosphere and left as a warning by puritanical and fanatical federal types against the evils of an unordered society. Having entered a new renaissance during the early years of the 21st century, gin gained favor as an expensive artisan drink, flavored with a wild variety of botanicals and costing an arm and a leg. Fast forward to the 3200s, and due to juniper shortages throughout the galaxy, it being declared as nearly extinct, traditional gin, quite simply alcohol flavored with juniper, and just about anything else you could find lying around, practically vanished. One of the last outposts was Hutton Orbital. Its remote location, well away from the prohibitionist eyes of the Federation, with its ergonomic and hydroponic growing systems suitable for juniper growth, it's here that enterprise, enter, enterprising spacers converted some of the scrap they salvaged and created their own giant stills, refining and refining the alcohol to a state where it could be flavored and sold as a rare item, or of course, used to degrease engine parts. Bast snake gin, however, took a different path. Bobby Buckle, the last remaining scion of the once great Tottenham Hotspurs, an earth faction whose origins are long forgotten, 
took a juniper tree with him on an early exploration into what was at the time unexplored space. Finding a, finding a planet to set down with an environment suitable for terraforming, he started the centuries-long process of making the place habitable. As with many hotspurs, he was partial to a drink or two and manufactured his own moonshine and flavored it with the local flora. One day after a long session planting, he went to his flask for a swig. Julie took it and then woke up three days after a hallucinogen hallucinogenic episode that had him staring at his hands for hours on end saying, ooh. Looking in his flask, he discovered that one of the local reptiles, a bast snake, a tiny and very venomous creature, had crawled into the flask and drowned. By the look on his face, it died very happy indeed. Bobby Buckle's hair had turned lily white in the episode, and after testing the samples, he named the planet THFC-EST1882. The first half after the really high THFC content of the snakes, the second after the hotspur. So, a potted history of two very different drinks, but how do they taste? The Centauri Megagin is favoured by spacers everywhere as the tipple of choice when on deep space exploration, doubling as a disinfectant, degreaser, paint stripper, and even at a push, a medicinal anaesthetic. It is flavoured with a top secret blend of plants only grown at Hutton Orbital and forms part of the legendary cocktails, the Centauri Megagin Sling. Pour yourself a large gin, sling away the tonic, and sling the drink down before your mouth melts. And of course, as a constituent ingredient in the Indie Manhattan, alongside with Indie Bourbon, the flavor isn't subtle. The strength is off the charts, but you can still chase, taste the juniper uh, eventually. The Bass Snake Gin is another matter entirely. It is weaker, but stronger in flavor. Every bottle has its very own tiny bass snake in the bottom any larger than your thumb and you'll wake up being able to smell the color blue. See what sour looks like and feel the letter O. In my view, the experience is ruined by using mixers and it should be had straight up, ice cold over low temperature diamonds and whatever you do, never eat the snake. I'm off to take an anti-venom just in case and then go to contemplate the swirly patterns on my cabin wall. This is Amelia Hawke for the Galnet Food Digest, tasting the galaxy's most dangerous food and drink so you don't have to. Next week, I'll be investigating Sanuma decorative meat and addressing that important question, Sanuma, feast or fashion? Thank you for that, um, oh, Amelia. That was spectacular and um, inspiring. And I was just noticing that uh, up on my shelf up here, I have a bottle of uh, Indie Bourbon. I think is it Indie Bourbon? 
I can't know. It's not. It's not. It's not Centauri magazine. That's what it is. It's blue um, that I picked up at uh, a leave re- leavecon uh, meet once, handed to me by the amazing Russell uh, or Commander Evenstar. But now it is time for Buck. But before we go to Buck, before we Buck 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 Buck, it's traditional to have something from the south, the the old south. So we have got a heart shaped box from the old south brass band. It's a bit of a, a grower, this one. Give it a bit of time. Now you're a trucker. All you gotta do is truck that truck. When you're a hunting trucker, if you can turn a profit, then you're out of love. For the mug, let me fly all over the space. Point to two light years crossed at a hill of the base. Just turn the wheel and keep that smile on your face. Maybe someday soon you'll be a top trucker. Well, howdy there, y'all. This here's Buck Naked, spokesman for Lacon Spaceways, back again for this week's Hutton Top Trucker. How do we keep up with your shenanigans while you tootle around in the Milky Way? Why, we install this little piece of software called the Hutton Helper in your spaceship. If you ain't already got it installed, you can install it yourself relatively pain-free by going to the website hot.forthemug.com Almost as pain-free as a Texas summer. Come on over. We're about to hit 38 plus centigrade days. So let's get on to our top truckers this week. Yeehaw! From the Explorers, jumping around like them noisy crickets in the field, Commander El Nevio took the lead this week and jumped 42,613 light years. Commander Millstone Barn had fun with his trigger finger this week, turning the despicably da- dirty do batter Don Antonacci and his band of pathetic pirates into space dust. He racked up over 35.7 million credits worth of bounties while tearing the engines out of every one of the Don ships. Running missions faster than a summer romance with a case of gin, Commander Cecil B. Trumpington took the lead and tallied up 1,001 mission points this week. Loading up the new trailer attachment to the rear of a Lacon Type 9 and filling it to the brim, Commander Mindwipe hauled almost 105,000 tons of cargo around the galaxy yet again. Most of it even got delivered to the right people. Driving the Hutton Hackney this week, the old gin-infused Cecil delivered 694 passengers to the nearest pubs with ample stocks of gin. He earned a one and a half star rating on his driving skills, but a full five stars for picking the best pubs. At least he's good for something, 
even when most say he's good for nothing. Now, some of y'all thought you could take a shortcut on the old hut and run. Well, that don't sit well with Buck. The hut and run is a time-honored challenge to jump into the system at Alpha Centauri and travel that .22 light year straight out to Hutton Orbital in a regular spaceship, not a fleet carrier. Much like the race challenges in the past, such as the Bandit and Snowman running 400 cases of Coors beer from Texarkana back to Atlanta, and the Cannonball Run zooming across the United States from New York City to Los Angeles. You don't get to use shortcuts. What fun would it have been if one of them simply chartered a flight? Nope, ain't no challenge in that. Lacon Spaceways employs only the finest programmers and time trackers, though, and those who thought they'd snake their way into the top echelon have simply disappeared instead. Many thanks especially to Antarius Fusion for his tireless work on the Hutton Helper in keeping the sanctity of the run and all of our other challenges. Thus, for this week, I'll only mention that our fastest run to Hutton Orbital is held by Commander Brett Riverboat in 1 hour, 22 minutes, and 31 seconds. That time can be beat, but are you willing to do it the honest way and light up the sky? If so, download the Hutton Helper and get to flying, Commander. You want to hear your name on this here radio station? Make sure you got the Hutton Helper installed. Pick it up on the web at hot.forthemug.com and get to trucking. And don't forget, if you do hear your name called out and you ain't already got one, get in touch with us to get your very own Hutton decal for your ship. Hutton Top Trucker, brought to you by Lacon Spaceways. The only ships in the galaxy that come with an intergalactic chessboard that connects straight to Commander Hanky so you can get your butt whooped. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Buck, for that. That was amazing. And of course, before Buck, you had the heart shaped box by Old South Brass Band. Hopefully, some of you have been plopping your theme guesses into our Commander Palantir. Um, is that the oh, case? Oh, yes, people have been plopping. Okay, so okay, right. Um, <laughs> is there uh, any guesses that we can mention? Are they close? Are they doing well? Oh, yes, you can mention them all. Good. They're not close. For the, for the, the bit after the next tune, we can give some hints, though. All right, I you suppose. want? We'll say we we'll guesses for, for after the ch- next tune. Yeah. Okay, so after yeah. this tune. Um, okay, yeah. so we'll, we'll we, do. We can we can we can give a few few hints because we're a bit thin on the guesses so far. Well, I, was just, I just wasn't sure, um, pardon me, um, or whether you wanted us to give a quick recap of the tunes so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Who do you want to get with? Oh, we'll start with uh, Amelia. The first tune of the evening was Adventure of a Lifetime by Coldplay. Oh, well done. All right, Flossie, what was next? Uh, next 
Oh, wait a minute. Where's my little notepad? Um, next was Force of Nature by Oasis. <laughs> and then that last song there, uh, we'll go to Steve. The last song or the next one? The last one. we had... Oh, the third the, one. Previous song. Sorry, Hot, Hot, Shake, Hot Shake Box by the old, old South Brass Band. Okay, we need to give you a wee clue there, but I just unfortunate choice of words. I should have picked my words better. I should um, have presenters better. Because <laughs> I'm more <laughs> Uh, all right, Van, if, Van, what's up next then? Yeah, well, have you got any guesses? Obviously, don't forget to ping them over to Commander Palantir if you're on the Twitch chat. Just just uh, send him a private message. Don't splurge it all over the place. And the same over on the Discord channel as well. So ping him on either one of those two if you have any guesses. They can't be any worse than the ones I've just read. No. Is it boobs? No. Uh, not at this point. You're no, no further off than the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so we're going on to our next. So we uh, we will uh, definitely uh, go through your guesses and reveal the answer. So you've only got one more song to get your guesses in, so don't wait around. Um, and now, like this show, when everything's caught fire, it's a temper trap. But we've got a sweet disposition. Do we? Well, we'll be back well, soon. Somebody does in the studio. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. One of us. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> All right. Okay, we're back. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello, you. Hello, our listener. <laughs> and hello, our Twitch viewer. Thank you for sticking with us. Although I think it's Kaizen still. Um, right. Uh, what's this? That's the final. Is that the final link? Has Dave gone to bed? He seems to have like written this last show as, a, as like a handover. I'm no, no, I'm, 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 no. Still, I'm still here. I'm still here. Okay, right. Well, then you so take got, yeah, so, um, you take us through the guesses. Well, we've got an announcement, and then we've got the guesses. We're going to do the clues before the guesses with emphasis on them, and then you get the idea. So, should we do the clues with the guesses, and then the announcement to give people a few seconds, and then the big reveal? Okay. So, um, who are we going to pick? I'm going to pick on you first. Now, you've got to put emphasis on the right word in the title of the first tune, Mr. Cal. Okay. Uh, he's scrolling all the way up to hopefully find the answer so he knows what the heck you're doing. Oh, it's not there. Um, <laughs> right, okay. It is going to be Ad. <laughs> I can't even do that. Ad Adventure of a Lifetime by Coldplay. And then we're going to go over to, let's pick on Dead Meat for the next one. I believe that would be Force of Nature by Oasis. And then Flossie. Um, Heart-shaped box, my old South brass band. That'd be the heart-shaped box, yes. And then let's have a Palantir. Sweet Disposition by The Temper Trap. Okay, well, there are your hints with a little bit of emphasis for your last guesses. You have seconds to get your guesses in before we start revealing quite how far away from the answer you were. But, Mr. Cow, we, we do have an announcement about next week's show. Do we? 
Okay. Yes. I, I shall scroll back down because I think I know what it's about. It's going to be about the fact <laughs> that next week's show is due to be the Green Room feed, isn't it? Or uh, yes, it is the last show of the month. Indeed. So, if you are or you have news, and this includes you, Kaizen, and you want to come and join us and give us a, a live recap of whatever's going on, uh, and you've got some exciting stuff to share with us, then we want to hear from you. Come and join us in TeamSpeak, and we will come down to the green room around about this point of the show and have a chat with anyone that turns up that's got something they want to share. Even if you just want to go, hello, ma'am, and or, find the mug, then that's um, absolutely fine as well. Yeah, the usual format on that one. If you've got something to say, then say it. But when you're done, just say for the mug. And if you've got nothing to say, say for the mug. Um, and uh, yes, we'll try and get through everybody in the green room. We're doing it once a month now because obviously it, it can get to be quite a lengthy session. Um, but we love hearing from you all and your tales of what you've been up to. So do come and join us. Yeah. And, right. Well, it was also, I mean, I've just seen that Kaizen say, suggesting that next week I wear my buck outfit. I can't confirm that on Tuesday, pre-lave radio going live, I turned up in the buck outfit and nearly blinded poor Shan and Edelweiss uh, as I turned my camera source and switched it whilst standing there almost sort of like half naked, naked from the waist down. No, up, up, up. <laughs> Doing your best baby elephant prank. Yes. And, uh, you know, you know, you know, the things are bad. If you hear Ben make a squeal, there's a particular squeal of, oh, my God, that, you know, is, oh, shit, camera's on. <laughs> oh, and apparently Ventura was blinded by the same sight. Oh, well, yeah, that's right. He was there too. I forgot about Ventura. Uh, I'm currently now uh, raising funds on just giving for their therapy sessions. Uh, if you want to help uh, Ben and Ventura get back to normal or their version of normal, then please donate kindly and generously to. I took part at huntnormal.com. <clears throat> No prices, it's just for fun. Oh, the other announcement is obviously that um, in a few weeks' time, there is... Now, either, as you can tell from this video of Dave there, he is either farted in his cupboard and he's using the door to waft, <laughs> or it's just got very, very hot indeed. It has, because uh, unfortunately I shut the window because I was being way too noisy and it's pouring with rain outside. So I've been getting some cool air through before I swelter here in the studio. Here we go, look, wafting. Um, either that or the doors on a spring. Um, anyway, the, um, the the other announcement is LaveCon Live, which is happening on the original LaveCon weekend. Well, I mean, I'm still, we're still kind of, uh, I don't think there's been any official notice, but we are all preparing for the possibility of it and assuming that it's going to go ahead and there's no other complications. Uh, we are in, I think that's basically what we can see, yep. isn't it? Well, we we have uh, Commander Wotherspoon has um, wrangled a little slot for Hutton Orbital that week. So if it goes ahead on that week, which is the week of the f- weekend of the fifth of July, it will be the f- two- oh, third, fourth, and fifth. I think is the Friday, Saturday, and yeah. Sunday. So the the fourth, the Saturday is traditional, and we tend to have a few guests. If we can, we'll see what we can put together. So if it is going ahead, we'll see what we can put together. Well, what we'll do is we'll skip the Thursday show that week if it is going ahead and move it to Saturday with a few special guests as we always have yep um and do a special hutton live from lavecon live that isn't live but it's live on the internet live um on the saturday so if in two weeks time you wonder where the radio show has gone it's because we've moved it to saturday well we'll put up something to remind you i think is uh i think it's my week on so i'll put up a wee thing just going tonight's show has been moved to saturday night (laughs) 
Should be about right. the same time as well. Um, okay, that's given everybody enough time to get any more guesses in. Um, so should we should we go through them? So who who are we going to pick on first to read the read the first guess? Oh, uh, let's pick on Palantir as he's been as he's been oh. collecting them. Okay. Yeah, get this. Oh, Foco took started nice and early as usual and as accurate as usual. Uh, managing to say, looking to cool off as we head into summer with cold play and Oasis. Not bad after two, but broke down with the third one. No. And then, who do you want to pick on next, Mr. Cow? Should we pick on Flossie? Yes! Always. Always in Father's Day. It's the adventure of a lifetime. A father is a force of nature if his kids are in danger and they're both old and get a gift heart-shaped box soon. It's a nice thought and, and very touching, but unfortunately, Kaizen, you're miles away from the real answer. That's okay, try it again. So, uh, Mr. Deadmeat. There's another one from Kaizen, which is just says Antarctica. And no explanation of why. And then some mad ramblings, uh, Amelia, from, from Falco took. <laughs> I'm just reading it. And it's, uh, so Falco took says, add force, heart, sweets. Yeah, I got none. <laughs> I, think he's, I think he's just going down the first word. <laughs> okay, well, uh, with, with the big reveal and the, the uh, out from the show, we're going to hand over to Mr. Cow in a second, but it remains for the rest of us in the studio here to say good night, everybody. And thank you very much for tuning in. And thanks for sticking with us through the technical difficulties. I'm sure we'll have more of them in many, many weeks to come as well. <laughs> but this is not unusual for Hutton Orbital Radio. It takes a lot of work to make it sound like this. <laughs> Lots of efforts to make it look this bad. Uh, good, good, good. Um, I'm just looking through the, the, that last list of your words. If you'd just done them backwards, you would have had sweetheart force ad. Now, although ad wasn't the correct, um, it was lifetime. Sweetheart force light time. Did that help swing it for you? Just to say it backwards, did that help you get it focal? No, he, he said no. <laughs> okay, let's try um, um, a lifetime force sweetheart. Does, um, does it get anywhere? Okay, anyway. <laughs> Oh, trying my best to try and help him. I really was. Yes. The big reveal is, of course, that the, the news that we had today that after 103 years, the Force's sweetheart herself, Dame Vera Lynn, sadly passed away today. And that's a, an amazing age and uh, an amazing old lady. Uh, strong to the very end and passing. Has a really sort of sad passing of a link to the past. So we really felt that um, we would have a sort of nice moment of a show where we start with a, a little sad moment and um, in memory, and again we leave you back into the uh, somber side of of life. Um, and sorry, <laughs> we could have we could have yeah, ended in party we're music, just, but it just didn't seem right. Celebrating celebrating an, an awesome life for, for somebody Indeed. who really. Someone who, 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 whose life is a remarkable story, and uh, yes. So to take us out at the end of the show with our rather tenuous link uh, to one of our most famous tunes, it's Bluebirds with Wake Me Up. Uh, we will be here next week, so do tune in. Uh, 
and we will hopefully um, have even more carry on next week. Hopefully less technical issues, although it's not my turn, so frankly I don't care if there's worse. <laughs> I'm not putting a curse on poor Virtue Ventura, but uh, no, I always hope that these things go smoothly. But thank you for sticking with us through thick and thin. Here's Bluebirds and Wake Me Up. We will catch you next week. For the mug! For the mug!